Hello, welcome to Not Just Another Book Review. I'm your host, Shantae, and today we are talking about Weaver of Dreams, the first anthology or short story in the book Dreams Made Flesh by Anne Bishop. So this is a short story, so this episode will not take very long at all. Um, not as long as some of our later episodes, but let's get started. So it starts out with a web being shaken in the, in a storm. So he, here we see that it's told from the point of view of a creature of some sort. We're thinking maybe a spider because of the web, but we don't know. It never says spider at this point. And it talks about how above world is roaring and flashing, turning dark time to light time. And here we see there's these terms throughout this story that give off a very inhuman vibe. And I just love it. So it goes on to say how she feels something she's never felt before. And then something screams as a part of above world crashes into world. Now I'm going to take a moment here and guess that above world is sky maybe. And maybe world is earth. Don't know for sure. That's just what I was thinking when I very first read this and wanted to share that. After this piece of the above world crashes into her web, dark wet splashes her and her web while something else um, hits near the center of her web. And we get the question here, pray, like you, you get the sense here that this creature's wondering if what crashed into her web is food. And so then she no longer hesitates as her hunger overcomes her and she hurries to secure her meal um, before heading back to the edge of the web where it's safer. However, the something that hit her web didn't have any meat. And as she's trying to ingest it, she ingests some of the dark wet and it changes her. It says how it flowed through her and sang inside her and that it changed her. And then after cleaning off every bit of dark wet, she discards the something and hurries back to the edge of her web. And then it goes on to chapter two. So chapters two starts with the creature. We're still not sure what she is. It hasn't stated yet, but it starts out with her feeling hungry for meat and something more. So she leaves her web and travels along the rough that's stretched out over world. Not sure what that is, but it sounds really intriguing. Until she reaches a place where a, the piece of above world had crashed into world. And the dark wet still sang inside her, enough to guide her to more of it. So then, after fixing an anchor thread to the rough, she spins out silk. And the world trembles with anger and the air with grief, despair, and longing. So the whole silk thing kind of makes me think this creature is like maybe a spider. Again, still don't know for certain. Her legs touch the piece of above world and she moves until she finds a place where the hard was torn away, revealing meat and dark wet. 
So she consumes as much of the dark wet as she can and then sinks her fangs into the meat and pumps in her venom to liquefy it. And while it would only liquefy a tiny bit of that meat, it would still feed her very well, it says. And then she spins a web as close as she can to the meat and the dark wet that seeps out of it. That's chapter two. So chapter three is all in italics and it gives the impression right off, or at least I got the impression right off, that this was from a different point of view. And it starts off by saying, in dreams, she unfurled her wings and sailed through the darkness. Then it talks about the darkness for a bit. The darkness is capitalized, so it's an actual thing. It's not just dark. And it goes on to describe the darkness as a vastness outside the body, yet the body became its vessel. And that it's a power reached by heart, mind, and spirit. And through it flowed creation and destruction. And I don't know about you, but I think that sounds really cool. But anyway, sorry. <laughs> Off topic. Anyway, after describing the darkness, it talks about how her race had traveled it for years beyond memory and had known they would never understand this place that was and wasn't a place. And then it goes on to say that in dreams, the visions of webs shining in the darkness hadn't blinded her to the danger of the storm, and she had reached the caves that she had chosen as her final resting place. However, the storm-inflicted injuries were fatal and the caves too far away. And then it goes on to say, no, not quite true. The caves weren't actually too far away. She could have used her power to move her injured body to the caves, but she had felt a small promise that her unique gift would not be lost if it stayed where she was. Doesn't state quite yet what her unique gift is, just that it would not be lost if she stayed there. Then it goes on to say that, so in a dream that was more than a dream, um, she sent her last vision to her mother, Draca, showing her queen the shimmering colored webs of power that stretch through the darkness that the new caretakers of the world would be able to travel safely and that the pathways could be reached from the realms. And again, realms is capitalized. So this is a place, which is very fascinating. She goes on to say that she couldn't say why the beauty of the web resonated so strongly inside of her, but the image stayed with her despite the pain that she was in. And that she also couldn't say why she felt certain there was something small and golden nearby that would be able to hold her particular gift. And it and chapter three ends with um, by it saying she would have just enough time if this potential weaver uh, wanted what she um, had to give. And that's the end of chapter three. So chapter four starts off with some definitions and those definitions are of the different strange words that we've been hearing throughout the chapter. So light time is day, dark time is night, above world is sky, rough is tree, 
hard is scale, dark wet is blood, and then meat has several words describing it. So for meat, we get sorrow, pain, longing, need, hope, and then finally dragon is the last word there. So meat is sorrow, pain, longing, need, hope, dragon. And that's just like, ah, so much, right? And then the last definition we get is she, spider, small, golden. So here it's confirmed for us that the creature we've been reading about is indeed a spider. Um, and for me, I thought that was really cool that I had been thinking it was a spider and had it confirmed there. That was really neat to me. So after the definitions, it talks about how the spider rolls up her old web along with discarded prey and then spins a new web, um, not to catch prey, but in order to keep other things away from the flesh that was feeding her body, but also singing to her about things she had never even known existed. And it says that the world kept shifting as she absorbed the weaver, uh, showing her new and ancient things in the familiar. Um, it talks about how it showed her a need for weavers who could spin dreams into shapes that could walk the world and weavers who could spin dreams made flesh. It goes on to say how she did not understand this need, but it gave the flesh flavor. So at night she drifted on the silken threads of the dragon's longings and dreams and began to learn how to weave a different kind of web. And that's the end of chapter four. So chapter five is in italics, like chapter three. And here we once again change perspective from the spider to the dragon. So the chapter starts off by saying that perhaps the other seers were right and her particular gift was too dangerous to give to the new caretakers of the realms. And perhaps no other race could or should take the deepest dreams of the heart and provide a bridge for them to become flesh. Um, but it goes on to say that she knew with certainty that was unshakable that those dreams would be needed in the world. And it was unlikely that even the simplest would ever exist because she had not reached the caves. So it goes on to say that unlike the rest of her race, she would not transform her scales into jewels that would serve as reservoirs of power for the new caretakers and that the jewels that came from her should have contained her gift and made the wearer made the wearer of the jewel a seer that would shape dreams made flesh it's you can really feel the um the emotion when you read this you can't, i can't it's hard for me to convey the emotion as i'm just kind of saying what happens but when you read it you can really fear feel not fear feel the um I don't, I don't know what the word is the regret maybe the despair that what she wanted isn't going to happen so anyway then um the dragon wonders if her mother knows that she is trapped and dying on the island and if the great prince of the dragons who is her sire senses her fading presence and she wonders if they would feel disappointed that in her last moments of despair and hope, she was trying to pass her gift to a spider. 
And then we get a, few, a couple what ifs. Um, sh- or not what ifs, but should haves. She feels she should have stayed in the lair of her sire and mother, who were the great prince and his queen. She should have curled up in the mountain and um, followed the rest of her race into the forever sleep instead of following a vision of a cave filled with dreams that would never come to pass. And then it says that her body is failing, her power is fading, and just soon she'd be free of the world. And chapter 5 ends with her closing her eyes as she drifts on dreams. And you can just feel kind of like the despair and regret and kind of disappointment that this dragon is not going to achieve her dream of trying to pass off her her gift. And it's just, it's a really intense chapter. Anyway, that's the end of chapter 5. Okay, so chapter 6 is starts out, and we are once again in the perspective of the spider. And it starts out by saying that sorrow gave the flesh a bitter taste, but the spider remained burrowing for meat that was still fresh and seeping blood. And then it talks about how the flesh wasn't all bitter. And the example it gives is when the spider mates. It says that dragon's flesh was tastier that day as if the mating had drawn sweeter memories to the surface. And it goes on to say that she wanted her hatchlings to feed on the flesh that was making her more than just a spider. And she worked to find a way to see the dreams. And then we get the question of why um, wouldn't dragon show her now when she had before? So the spider's frustrated and she climbs up to the dragon's jaw and begins to build a web. But this time she feels things and ignores her instinct and places the threads where they need to be. And those things she feels that she puts into the web are sorrow, pain, longing, need, and hope. And then as she is cautiously traveling the tangled web, she feels warmth um, flowing through her and she pauses and adds one more small thread and that thread is joy. So then suddenly she sees the cave that Dragon had meant to go to dream and she sees um, in in those caves um, large spiders like much larger than her spinning the tangled webs. And then a faint sound fills her. And this sound is Dragon um, talking to her. And Dragon tells her that she has learned well, but that she must guard the webs she weaves that make dreams into flesh because there will be some who want to destroy them before they can touch the world. And the last thing that Dragon says is guard the webs. And then she calls the spider weaver of dreams. And the chapter ends with Dragon's Breath coming in a long sigh and then silence. And we can infer from that that the dragon has now died. And that's actually, like, it's really emotional. I got really emotional when I read it because I was really hoping that the dragon would survive even though this spider had been feeding on her. (laughs) But um, 
it it was a moment for me when I read it the first time. So anyway, that's the end of chapter six. So chapter seven is a short chapter and it starts out with the spider spinning the last thread in the web, filling the space between dragon's jaw and shoulder. It says that most of her offspring had been ordinary spiders and had gone their own way, you know, in the way of spiders. But there were a few who were different like her and had stayed to learn how to spin the tangled webs. Then it goes on to say that she had caught only one small dream despite the size of her web and that dream had held yearning and sorrow that somehow was connected to dragon. So she plucks it and sends it back to the heart of the dreamer it had come from. And then the chapter ends with her settling into the edge of her web that is most sheltered and wondering about the dreamer. And that's the end of chapter 7. Chapter 8 starts with the spider sensing a presence and the presence speaks to her in a voice that both was and wasn't like dragon. And what the presence says is, so my daughter was able to pass on her gift after all, with those S's emphasized. So then the presence approaches the spider's web and the spider's offspring try to ensnare its mind with their webs, but they have no effect whatsoever on the presence. It's, it's as if they hadn't done anything at all. Um, then the presence leans over the spider's web and says, blood sings to blood. Remember me. And I'm just going to cut in here with a small spoiler, teensy tiny spoiler. If, if, a spoiler at all. Um, that phrase, blood sings to blood, comes up very often throughout this series and um, is very significant. And you'll see it often in different places throughout the series. Anyway, that's the end of that small spoiler. Anyway, after the present says that, a drop of blood falls onto the tangled threads of the spider's web and... The spider waits until the presence leaves before scurrying over to devour it. And once she has a power even stronger and richer than dragons flows through her. And with that power also comes the knowledge that the presence had been dragon's queen and mother, Draca, who was not shaped like a dragon, but still was a dragon. So the chapter goes on to say that the dream web had done what it was supposed to and that now Draca would not sorrow for Dragon anymore because she had seen that Dragon was still in the world uh, small and golden. So it's basically saying that Dragon was still in the world as a spider. And then it goes on to say that the spider carefully rolls the web into a cocoon and travels down Dragon's neck until she reaches a hole in the chest. And here we find out that Dragon's flesh had changed um, into porous rock uh, covered with hard stone scales. And inside there were several chambers where spider could spin the webs in safety. And we don't know if 
the change to dragon's flesh is because of magic or if it's the way of dragon's kind. But anyway, it says then that there would come a time when she, the spider, and her offspring would travel to the caves where the golden spiders would protect the webs of the dreams that would become flesh. But that time was not now. So the spider squeezes through a small opening, pulling the cocoon web in with her. And now it says that while Dragon's body was hollow stone, the heart had not rotted, but instead had changed into smooth stone. Whenever Spider brushes a leg over the stone, she feels Dragon's joy that the weaver's gift had not been lost. That when the day comes... That the stone no longer gives warmth and is just a stone she would leave. But whatever heart memory might remain wouldn't be left alone. And the chapter ends with Spider attaching the cocoon of Dracula's dream to Dragon's stone heart. And that is the end of chapter 8, which brings us to the end of Weaver of Dreams. So what did you all think? Did you enjoy it? So let me know what you guys thought by visiting my page on Facebook, not just another book review. Um, I take messages, um, leave a, I will obviously have this posted on there. Leave a comment, send me a private message through the page. What if you want? No, no big deal. Don't forget to like the page if you like it. Um, and let me know what you thought. Um, I feel like as I went through the story, I started getting better, but let me know. Let me know if there's something you want me to do different, even though I'm just starting. And I will take your suggestions into consideration. Not saying I'll do the suggestion, but I might. You never know. Um, and that's it. We will. I will see you all next time. Bye.